I was uh, going to the little store myself, <laughs> and Fern and Dick owned it. Okay. Back then, and um, just, you know, of course, my dream one of my dreams was to have a candy shop. So <laughs> I was like, uh, hey, I can do my real estate there, and I can do my candy shop. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 172 of the Camino Voice. Today, I speak with the founder of Wine by the Bay. Please welcome Mitzi Cameron. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview local business owners, comedians, singers, and more. I dive into their backstory to find out how they got where they are, what are some of the tips for you to do the same, and find out where they are going. Tune in every week as I interview more of the people you see every day. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, the greatest little podcast on focused on Camino Island in the Northwest. How are you guys doing today? I hope everything's going well. For those of you who live on Camino or in the Camino Stanwood area, we had another beautiful weekend, so I'm starting to get used to them, which is probably dangerous because, you know, Washington likes to give you those in March and then strip them away and take them away from you in April. So <laughs> here we go. Um, Anyways, um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to update this week, um, so I'm just going to jump into this part. So um, today I am really excited, though, uh, because today I get to interview uh, Mitzi Cameron, and um, for those of you who don't know, especially anyone that's moved here in the last five, ten years, um, uh, Mitzi used, was the owner of the Little Store by the Bay. Um, which if you guys have listened to some of my past episodes, um, I've mentioned it in little pieces, like one of the places that me and my friends used to hang out, uh, was actually the little store by the bay. Uh, we would, when we were in like junior high and high school, we would ride our bikes down there. We'd get a little bit of candy and maybe a soda. And then we just hang out, uh, either there or at the beach. Um, and so I loved this store. It was one of my favorite places to go to. Uh, on Camino Island, uh, it's just kind of a small convenience store right uh, right off Atsalati. Uh It's actually where Forte Dance Studio is now located. Um, so shout out to uh, Chris over there. Um, but anyways, um, I wanted to say uh, this was such an exciting episode because because it was such an important piece of my childhood. It no longer exists. Um, so it's one of those weird things where it's like it was so important to me. Um, so when I reached out to Mitzi, I, I ran into her and she's like, oh, well, y- you know, I remember you guys coming by my store. And of course, as a kid, I didn't remember people. Um, and so I was like, wait, you own the little store with the bay. And so I was like, well, I have to have a, you on the podcast because that was one of my favorite places to go as a kid. So um, I was really excited to get her on the podcast. Uh, the other piece to that is that she started uh, Wine by the Bay now, uh, which is right uh, in Stanwood, right next to Arco and uh, AMPM, um, and the I, I didn't realize this, but like she's kept the by the bay part in her naming scheme there, um, and now it makes sense. Like wine by the bay did it for some reason did not click right for me right away, but now I'm like oh I get it, and then it also tied into art by the bay, which I also didn't know. Uh, the reason it was called art by the bay is the first one was held at the little store right there, so. Um, lots of history in this one of kind of like the, the ongoing and stuff like that of Kameno uh, before it became even more well-known of, of what it is now. 
Uh, she's also a real estate agent. She has been in real estate since, I believe, about 19, is when she bought her first uh, second home or home. Maybe that was her first home. Um, anyways, been in real estate her whole life. Um, has always loved running candy stores, so it's something, uh, or always wanted to own a candy store, which is something me and her have in common. Um, and uh, just really fun personality, uh, great person. And um, yeah, I loved hearing more of the history of that store. Uh, it makes me even sadder that it's not there anymore, um, but I'm glad it's been kind of reborn into uh, Wine by the Bay. Uh, so we get into all of that and more in today's episode. Um, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Mitzi Cameron. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Command of Voice. Today, I'm here with the founder of Wine by the Bay. Welcome to the podcast, Mitzi Cameron. Thank you. Yeah. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Mitzi. Well, I was born and raised in the Northwest, graduated from Arlington High, moved to Stanwood when I was about 15 years old, and me and my brothers didn't want to come to Stanwood because of the rivalry between Stanwood and Arlington, so we drove back and forth <laughs> until we graduated from Arlington. Wow, okay. Nice. And then just, uh, my mom was in real estate back then, in the 70s and 80s. I bought my first house when I was 19. Back then, you could assume a loan. You didn't wow. have to qualify. At 19. And you just could just take the person's uh, contract and take it over. Wow. They what, got was the house that. in Stanwood then? That was Everett. Everett, okay. Yeah. So I bought one in Everett, bought one in Marysville. And then got rid of those and uh, wanted to live by the bay and bought my first house in Etzelotti uh, in 1986. Okay. Nice. And I was working for uh, Century 21 All-Star, got my license back in the 80s off of Evermall. Okay. Way. And I think I brought half the people from <laughs> Everett to Camino because back then D.B. Johnson was building... Uh, Ramblers for eighty nine thousand in the country club. Okay, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> I brought a lot, of, a lot of people from Everett here. They they all thought you had to take a ferry. Yep. <laughs> um, so a uh, few years after doing the real estate, I realized I was way too young for people to pay attention. <laughs> so I just did my own stuff, and then I took a job traveling with Richie Brothers Auctioneers. Okay. Around the United States. Cool. How did you get linked up with them? I really, honestly got really bored. Um, I think I was 24 and did the real estate for a while and sat down at the old Helen's Kitchen in Stanwood. Okay. And, and opened up the Seattle Times and there it was in Vancouver, BC. It said, Richie Brothers, auctioneers, field accountant, travel. <laughs> when I saw the word travel, I was in. And uh, the rest I just kind of made up. Okay. <laughs> so I traveled uh, all through Florida, Texas, um, Oklahoma, California. Stayed at the Four Seasons in Marriott. Okay. <laughs> they treated us really nice. <laughs> Very so cool. Then I bought my second home when I was on the road at Etzelotti. And uh, that's where I raised my kids in the future. And um, after traveling four years on the road, um, my little brothers... I gotta drink some water. No, you're good. <laughs> My little brothers uh, graduated from Stanwood. Okay. But unfortunately, when I was traveling, they decided that their older sister's house could be a party house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, I gotta get off the road. So, I quit Richie Brothers, which was a great job, but came back to Camino Island. Okay. And I met my husband at Richie Brothers and brought him back, um, and we bought the little store by the bay. Okay. 
So very cool. So I want I definitely want to pause on this because um, uh, for those who didn't grow up on the island or haven't been around here for long, um, back in the day there was a little store there called Little Store by the Bay, uh, right on Atsalati. It's it's right. Um, you know, there's Utsalati Bay right there. Just one kind of, you know, on that main road on the backside, there's a, there was a little wood cabin. It's where uh, Dance Studio is now and some condos. Um, but uh, growing up on the island, especially when we moved here in 95, there wasn't a lot to do on the island. But the Little Store of the Bay was a place that my friends and I could bike down to. And during the summer, at least two, three times a week, we would bike ride down to this, uh, to our store and um, I just, it was one of my favorite places to hang out and just go visit, so. So how did, uh, so was it, you said um, you purchased it then, so it was already there. Um, what kind of prompt well, did you do that? I was uh, going to the little store myself, <laughs> and Fern and Dick owned it Okay. back then. And, um, just, you know, of course my dream, one of my dreams was to have a candy shop. So <laughs> I was like, uh, hey, I can do my real estate there and I can do my candy shop. So Fern said, as any good real estate agent, we'll talk about real estate. Um, uh, Mitzi, I'm not gonna list the store, but I do wanna sell it, but I'm not gonna sell it to anybody but you. Because I want someone, because <laughs> I want you to be here. And I go, oh, okay. So <laughs> um, soon after that, uh, my husband quit Richie Brothers too and helped me run the store. Okay. So um, then we were running the store and uh, uh, Ray Mueller uh, was working out of his house down the road. Yeah. And he, he came in and uh, got to, you know, know him better there. And he was actually Camino Island Realty, but it was under preview properties, but people didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> it was one of those kind of things. Yeah. Very cool. So I was with preview on a still back then, but he says, hey, come to work for Camino Island Realty. So... I teamed up with him, and I think it was Joan and Dan Lane. And uh, then they sold to Windermere, and I said, I don't really want to do the big box store (laughs) kind of thing. I think I'll hang back with Preview. Yeah. And that's how I kept Preview. And then uh, Dorothy, I'd say then I had to sell the store because I had my first baby. Okay. And Collins Cameron, who started tearing everything off the shelves. (laughs) And then I was... uh, I had Colby Cameron on the way. So okay. <laughs> after Colby was born, I thought, okay, real estate, little store, I got to cut back. Yeah. <laughs> and so I sold it to Dorothy, and Dorothy Beardsley uh, worked at my old real estate office in Everett. Okay. And then, um, let's see, what's, where'd we go from there? Let's see. Uh, Dorothy was going to sell it after years and I tried to buy it back before the condo guy got it yeah she took his offer instead of mine which understandable I guess and I ended up buying a building in Stanwood okay and that's where I did preview and uh Camille Arm Real Estate and then the little white house at the end of town came up and okay. I was driving by and driving by it and I thought gosh okay I don't want it to see it torn down and so I bought it, and <clears throat> paycheck to paycheck, just kind of kept fixing it up, always knowing it would be something good. Yeah. Very cool. And then <clears throat> just a year or two ago, I think I sold the big building where Preview was, and I was able to move into the Little White House. And Angela Coatney, who's been, um, she's lived around her all her life, born and raised. 
is kind of my partner in crime and uh, one of my top agents. And we were both, God, we didn't, you know, the whole real estate thing, you know, it's just, I think everybody and their brother's a real estate agent. It's just like not getting very fun anymore. And let's do something else, you know. And I always wanted my little store by the bay back. Yeah. And I didn't want to call it little store by the bay. So all my kids, like you, grew up and drink wine now. So so we went, let's go wine by the bay and and put real estate um, in the back room, so to speak. But. I still do it full-time. Um, so that's how Wine by the Bay got there. And we just wanted to have a place where Stanwood and Camino could come together, finally, and yeah. have conversations about anything they want to have conversations about. And uh, that's where we're at right now. Nice. Very so. cool. So um, when you ran Little Store by the Bay, um, what were things that, uh, you know, obviously there wasn't a lot going in that area or on Camino and Stanwood and stuff mm-hmm. like that during that time. Um, but how did you kind of make decisions on what you wanted the store to feel like and, and all of that? Really a feel-good thing for the kids, you know? It's all about, you know, if they feel good, you feel good kind of thing. Yeah. And um, so the, I just love that. I just love the kids. Yeah. And then they didn't think I could have kids, so that was part of the reason I bought it too because I figured that's let it be kind of my family and then Collins came. They thought he was an ulcer, but he was not. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor says, no, it's probably a tubercle pregnancy. And he, what? And so when I went up there, it's like, no, there's a baby there. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, so, you know, really, it's just about understanding what the community's looking for. Yeah. And what's, what's lacking. And um, the, it was just, I wish it was still there. Totally. Yeah. You know, the mom and pa shops, you know, Fern got rid of the gas tanks. There was gas tanks there. Okay. And so once the gas went, you know, it's like really hard to make enough money on bubble gum. Yes. So, uh, one cents. Yeah. yeah. And then Donna Wilson, who lived down by the beach, she, uh, we'd walk, I'd walk back and forth to work. Why not? And uh, she, she was just sitting there and I go, Donna, you can't just sit there. Retired. Now come help me at the little store. And she goes, all right. And I, and I go, she goes, well, these workers need something to eat. So we started making the clam chowder and the chili. And Donna was like, awesome. She has the best, had the best recipe. We lost our list last year. Oh, okay. And uh, um, that just kind of came together. That yeah. Went, so everybody loved that part of it. Yeah. And then I started the first Art by the Bay there. Okay. So, and I was nine months pregnant, <laughs> waving people in. I always had a parking problems, and I have that again. Yes. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, Ellen Walters and me uh, did the Art by the Bay. Okay. And um, we're going to do more art stuff there at the Little White House now, too. Okay. So Awesome. Jack Gutner's got some really cool wine originals in there right now. Nice. Very cool. So I didn't actually know you were part of the uh, founding of Art by the Bay then. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, I was very matter of fact, Ellen and the, uh, what is it, Stanwood Camino Arts came to me and said, hey, can we use that again? And then they started, you know, doing that, I think, at the fair and stuff like that. Yep. But that's where it started. That was the first one. Very cool. Well, now it makes more sense why it's art, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it, because, it, yeah, it has jumped around a lot, but for a while it was up by the Camino Center, or, yeah, Camino Center, or the Elder, or Atsalati School up there. Yeah. But it, again, it was like, okay, it's kind of by the bay. But right. Like, no, it started the originally there. That makes sense. Very cool. So then... Um, so, you know, you sold it and, and, um, yeah, that, I remember when, 
um, we went or I went away for college, and when I came back, I think it had already sold and been wiped out. And I remember like just driving by because I didn't come to the island super often because I was starting a job and stuff like that. But when I drove by, I was like, wait, the it's gone. Like, where'd it go? <laughs> oh, I know. Your dad was one of my favorite customers. He, he would come in and he was trying to convince me to do hard ice cream. Yeah. You know, and he goes, Mitzi, I will get you the cart. Oh. <laughs> we'll do it out front. He goes, it's going to be great. And I go, I don't know. My hands are really full right now. <laughs> so. I, remember, I remember him talking about, like, if they only had ice cream here. Right. He was so bummed I didn't have ice cream. <laughs> but we added coffee and all the movies. Back then, you, yes. know, you could rent the, the big VCR movies. Yeah, yeah. I remember I would always kind of, like, walk down, like, I don't know. I, m- me and my friends would just walk around the store. And, and granted, it wasn't that big of a store, but, like, we would just walk the, back and forth. And, like, um, and then uh, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but what we would do is we would stop by your store, pick up candy and stuff like that, a soda, and then we would ride our bikes just down the road just a little ways to that giant tree that was there that had all these great places to sit on and stuff like that. I've since realized that was private property. Right. And we weren't supposed to be there, but we had hang out there, like, all day. Oh, man. Um, And then that was the other one that, like, I drove by one day. I was like, the tree's gone. It's just gone. Like, they've completely cut it down. It was a big willow, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My kids missed that one, too. Yeah. (laughs) So I just, it was such a great place, great store. Um, Well, thanks. And the memories, I love, I run into the kids all the time. They, oh, you did that. And um, a few people came in, you know, for the real estate and everything. Like, oh, I remember you at the little store. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, you know, there was was good stories and bad stories from the little store, but they were all good. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And I definitely... Um, when I think of different areas like our ice cream department or things like that or when I've thought about candy or um, you know I've, I've wanted to maybe expand to like having like a candy portion of the store or stuff like that we don't have the layout for it um, but one of my inspirations or thoughts is always going back to the little store but like oh like that feeling when you walked in and like um, when I was prepping for this podcast actually like I was just remembering like oh like that I still get that feeling when I think back like every time I'd walk in the door and Aww. go to the little section of candy right there and um, well, I never let it go so when I when I did the I agreed with Angela that um, you know your your heart is uh, with the wine and mine's with the candy so <laughs> you know she's the heart of the wine I'm the sweetness of the wine I guess so, it, so I, I built a Willy Wonka room in there Really? And, okay. Um, my whole intention, I even have, I have Wonka bars with golden tickets. Nice. And so um, the problem is the city loved it and it was everything we were doing, but the county said, no, we can't. We have to do a full meal to have kids in. So we had to go, we had to change our license like two or three times. Yep. And do uh. 21 or older. Okay. So now my candy room is a little advanced. Yeah. It still has the really old candies, but it still has the Wonka bars and some other adult candy stuff, but not that adult candy stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Stanwood doesn't have any of those, so, no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, No, that's that's very cool. Yeah, we've, you know, we we sell bottles of wine here, but yeah, we've kind of gone up and down the whole licensing when it comes to alcohol. Oh, it's crazy. I'm like, wait, so can we just do some, like, wine tasting? Like, if, if someone wants to try a wine, they're like, well, if you do that, then you either have to be, like, a a massive grocery store of over like 4,000 plus square feet. I'm like, well, we're not that. Or all of your sales have to come through wine, basically, like over 50 or 60%. And I was like, 
Well, we're not that either because we're too oh, it's broad. That fine line. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So I guess, I guess, or, or, or they're like, or you be a full service restaurant. I was like, well, we're not yeah, that either. <laughs> I know, I know. And the county says, you know, Mitzi, you know, there's lots of places you'll see out there that are, you know, not to code, but unfortunately they were already doing it. <clears throat> yeah. Way back when. Yeah. So we're, we're advancing, and, there, you know, there's, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And um, the, the wine we have is all the wine you can't get in the store. Yeah. So it's um, all picked, hand-picked for me and Angela, sampling, <laughs> hopefully yep. not too much, <laughs> and um, coming up with a great v- a variety and understanding yeah. about where the grapes are coming from. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. And then the candy room is fun for me. Yes, of course. <laughs> so when it comes to the wine side then, um, how do you guys kind of determine what type of Wines? Do you have a specific area? What What do you kind of guys focus on? That? Angela um, has brought in a section so people don't have to go to Woodenville uh, to the wineries. Mm-hmm. And so we're gonna. Um, her best friend um, and, and uh, the past was uh, John Patterson, Patterson Cellars. Okay. Okay. So they ran a um, bar and stuff like that down in Everett, way back when. So we've got Patterson's um, wines and a lot of other Woodenville, so people don't have to go to Woodenville locally. And it's the Woodenville ones you can't get in the stores. Yeah. And then the other ones are, you know, from Italy, France, um, California, of course, Portugal, and Portugal. And uh, it's it's really fine tasting wines. They're yeah. all really really good. And you can you know when you do the wine tasting, if you do the wine tasting, it's like fifteen dollars. You get like four or five samples, and it's like equal to a glass. And then you can, um, if you buy a bottle, you get that weight. Yeah. So you can get a bottle at $20, but get the $15, you know, wine sampling weight. Yeah. And then, you know, we have all the uh, cheeses from around the world. Oh, nice. Okay. And crackers and meats. So it kind of goes together. Nice. Oh, very cool. I'm going to have to swing by. I feel really, I'm always like, I pass the store on my way into work. So I'm like focused on like getting into work. And I'm like, oh. Oh, there was. Gone. Yeah, I know. So. And we're trying really hard on the whole parking. I've got these signs. If you if you pull into the right, because that's the pickup place, and then back in, you can get out and not get trapped. Yeah. So we're and we're working on a couple other ideas. We've got a um, Angela's got a great friend with a, a wine van. Let's call it. Okay. So we might be you know, shuttling people in the summer. Yeah. And then we're gonna have an out, outdoor area for people to bring their dogs. Nice. So. Very cool. Yeah, I have I've talked with. Um, Nick over at Orchards, I've interviewed him on the podcast, but uh, I was, same conversation with him, like, how do you get in and out of your place? And he's like, when we're leaving, because they all live in Stanwood, he's like, when we're leaving at the end of the day, there's days we sit there for a half hour just oh, waiting. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh. Well, and this, <laughs> you know, city, they're, they're trying, it, it, you know, everybody should try to get involved with that, about the roundabouts. I know, know some people don't want them, some people don't. Yeah. But I think there was four the that were supposed to come in. One has already been approved, and that's the first one that's going to be up there as you're going to go to the fair off okay. of Highway 532 because yep. nobody can ever pull out right there. Yep. And once that one starts, I would think that's going to snowball people to slow down. And then you'll, you'll have a couple of other ones, hopefully if they get approved. Yeah. And then one will be hopefully to me in the Origin Nursery in the new the park that's going to go on the left. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's just, there's so much going on. There's not so, there's starting to be so much going on there. And then there's just the traffic flow. And if like, if you're midday, it's okay. Cause you're in between the two, the leaving or the coming or the coming back. 
Right. But uh, at the beginning and end of the day, it's just a I wall know. of traffic. I know. Sometimes it's like nobody there. And you can pull in easy yep. and pull out. And, you know, it's it's odd. You know, like even 12 to 3 is kind of good. But then you got the buses after that. And so then, but yep. 6 to 8, it's kind of slow. So. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that's always the struggle of that area. But that's really cool. I'll definitely figure out a way to, to pull in there someday. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Come visit. So... Um, so then the other thing is that you mentioned in here, um, you started getting into real estate very early. Um, you said you bought your first house at 19. Um, was that something that was within your family that like they were no, kind of... No, I just, well, my mom, like I said, my mom was in real estate. Okay. And yeah. she raised, single mom raised five kids. I ended up being a single mom raising two kids. So... <laughs> wow. But uh, um, that's life. And... Um, I just loved real estate even back then. Yeah. I, you know, I watched her do it and I'm like, wow, wow. And then when I found out you could just sign the contract to assume it, <laughs> that was an easy, that was easy. But then they changed it in the 80s. They changed it really quick. Yeah. And so <laughs> then you had to at least qualify. But, uh, and then I, I don't know, I just liked it. Just liked it all the time. And yeah. So I got my own license and worked with my mom for a while and, and uh, then went to work on the island. Yeah. And, yeah. So. So then... That's obviously over the span of like some insane real estate things. And now we're going through, well, we went through this crazy spike and then we're coming into whatever we are now. Um, but what has that, like, what are the things that you've kind of seen in real estate as you've been going through it um, in the high, very highs and the high low, you know, lows and stuff? Well, I'm really, I'm scared for, the, for people how much they've paid for the, some of the homes in the last two years. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything comes up, you know, gets too high. It's got to come down sometime. Yeah. So that's what's happening now. Um, the interest rate, too, is, of course, making it more more difficult. Yeah. Um, so your, your question is, what's, my, what's your advice? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. What, what I guess what's the good um, when it comes to buying, because um, buying or selling or just being in real estate, as in owning a house or sure. that, um, versus renting, what are some tried and true things that are true regardless of kind of what the market's doing? 100%. If, you know, I did a couple classes with the business school and stuff like that is, is kids, I don't care what age you are, I got to understand your credit. And most people don't understand, you know, what your credit score is and why that matters. Yeah. And they also don't understand, and Angela specializes on, on first-time homeowners, and we, she gets them in there, and there's a company that can clean your credit up. That you, you, like, if, you have, if your score is like six, and you can get a loan, but you got to be 680. So this company, for little money, very little, like hundreds, um, will do these letters and stuff to the credit bureaus and bring that score up within six months to nine months, and they can buy the home. Wow. So credit. A lot of people just don't understand that, and then they overdo it, and then they go buy a car, and they have this car payment. If you want to buy a house, don't have any payments. Yes. Because <laughs> with these taxes going up and everything, you're 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 going to be stuck sitting there going, well, now what do I do? And if you're in, then the equity they think they have equity, but then the banks are going to get tighter, so yep. you can't really take your equity out. So you have to look ahead at all that. Understand real estate. Understand what equity is. Yeah. I mean, the classes I took, you know, most kids didn't understand what equity equity was in the home. Wow. Yeah. And then you know the credit, and uh, I worked for Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae too. So, you know, back in the 2008, you know, we had over 100 yeah. listings all around from Bellingham to Seattle. 
And if that wasn't a sad time, that was a sad time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you really start to learn. And don't overbuy. Yeah. Never overbuy. Unless yeah. you want to stay. My first house on Camino, after I bought the other two, um, <clears throat> I think I was 21, 20. And um, I, I had a 30-year note on that. And I was... I had it for 30 years. It works. Or if you pay that extra payment a year, you, yeah. can, you can cut your loan like in half. Yeah. Understand all that. Yeah. Understand your interest rate and how, you know, what you're doing. Rentals are not always the way to go. Yeah. You know, because if you get stuck with someone not paying or stuck in there and you can't afford the overflow, you don't want to put yourself in that position either. Right. So a question I have, because I, the other thing is you mentioned, you know, you started doing this when you were 19. Obviously, prices were a different level. And I know things like minimum wage, cost of goods, all those have gone up. But houses have gone up exponentially in comparison. So if people are looking at that as, a, um, as an option of income or anything like that, what type of advice would you give those people that are in their early, mid-20s and they're like, you know, I think I want to get into real estate and maybe get some rentals or any of that? What would be your advice if you were talking to someone about that? Pick one channel that you're thinking about doing on regarding if it's a real estate thing. Mm-hmm. Talk to an experienced agent. I mean, someone that's been doing it for 10 to 40 years because the knowledge that person has is unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, I've developed land. I've built six homes. I, you know, I, um, and, the, you know, just putting that picture together about why you're buying in that house, you know, or... If you went to like a financial advisor or a specialist in real estate and said, I, I want to make some money, you know, how do I do it? Yeah. Then that person would sit down and say, well, here's the three ways I would do it. And here's the three ways that you could do it. Yeah. You know, you know, building used to be a lot cheaper and it's getting better now. Um, yeah. Buying land, you know, understanding land development, understanding what a well and a septic and yeah. You know, the, the county and the archaeology, <laughs> the things that you have to have, understanding all that before you dive in. Yeah. I mean, and that, which leads me to the wine store. <clears throat> me and Angela will be doing new uh, first-time homeowners, you know, get your credit clean, all that. Uh, uh, classes, I guess you're called. Just, you know, for fun, you know. Yeah. Wine sample, have fun, talk about real estate. Yeah. And then I am going to <clears throat> do some advanced stuff. Like, you really want to know about land developing or understanding all the stuff I just talked about, then I'll, I'll have a class on that. Just, okay. Just for free. Just come on in. Let's talk. Yeah. Because I'd love to teach you guys. I'm teaching my kids that right now. Yeah. Colby bought her first home, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, Wenatchee, little house with a pool. Okay. You know, and she's what, what are you called? 26. <laughs> and Collins is 28. And he bought a, a house for developing in, in Arlington. But you, you got to figure out why you're buying the home. Yeah. It's got to make sense today in 10 years yep. or three years. So, yeah. So th- my follow-up question to that, which you kind of answered, um, with the way that prices and things of houses are, sometimes it feels like it's not a viable option. I mean, when I look at my finances, sometimes we're like, but if I tried to bring in like a second mortgage to, for a rental or something like that, like I was like, I don't know that I could. I mean, you could, but your, your margin gets so thin there. How do you, um, I guess, again, how would you kind of walk someone through that that's kind of looking to get into that with prices where they are? Right. First thing I'd do is I would say find out what your um, borrowing power is. 
okay, so we got to figure out where your borrowing power is. Is it from here? Is it from there? Um, could you rent your home out and wash that bill? Do you qualify for that bill? Do you, are you going to go cash? So number one, how, how can you figure out what you can um, borrow? Borrowing okay. power, and that comes back down to, you know, where's your credit? But also understanding a good lender that can tell you all these things. Hey, there's three different ways to go. You know, there's a seven, two, and 30. You know, like, what's that, right? Yeah. And so that's what I learned. You know, it's like seven, two, and 30. Oh, that means that I can, so I can't qualify right now at seven percentages because the rates are high. But if I do a seven, two, and 30, and I'm stepping into the lender's world, so you'd have to ask them, but you can buy down the rate to four. And now you qualify. Okay. And your rate's up, but in seven years, you got to sell or refi. Yeah. Okay? So that makes sense because you know, and I thought that's how I bought my first Atzalotti house is I thought, well, I'll, I'm going to sell it or refi it out in seven years. And I bought that one that way. Okay. And But then, you know, seven years went by, I said, heck no, I'm not selling that. Yeah. <laughs> so I turned I turned two of them into Airbnb. So that's, that's cool. Nice. Um, uh, so... Yeah, talking with an experienced person and saying, what works for me? Can you still make money in real estate? 100%. Yeah. How? You need to figure out what now looks like. Unfortunately, I think there is going to be some more foreclosures coming up. Yeah. Um, the auction block's awesome if you understand how to use the auction block. But talking to an experienced agent yeah. that's bought through the auction block helps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the other thing that I hear... A lot, especially when I'm talking to people. I obviously have not done real estate in the sense of I haven't purchased other real estate other than this building um, and, That's and my big. house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was big, but that was kind of a came you know worked with the business and so yeah. it functions that way. Um, but when I when I looked at it and researched it a little bit, you know the the people that are experienced stuff they say like you want to look at as many pieces of real estate as you can, so you're deciding from a really big pool. Um, and what I hear a lot when I talk to either people that are like talking about buying a house, like for rentals or for a business or whatever, is that they're like, oh, well, this one popped up. I think I really like it. I'm like, wait, you're just, you think this is it because it's the one that just popped up? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Like, yeah. I don't know much about it, but I know you need more than one option. You, and you the do. more you get, the you, better. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's, you can make money elsewhere, you know, you can on vacant land where you don't have all the expenses of the upkeep and, you know, there's different ways there to make money. Yeah. Um, going in with a partner, but knowing that it's like, you know, Hey, cause you know, we're going 50, 50, all expenses and stuff like that. We're going to yeah. keep it for, you know, so many years and we're going to either refinance or we're going to sell it. Yeah. You just got to, and then the rental market, you got to know where the rental market is. I mean, yeah. if people can afford $3,000 a month, usually they're going to, if they have good credit, they're going to buy. Hopefully. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, owner contract. There's still owner contracts out there. People don't ask about them. Yeah. But if you ask your agent or that you're working for, your broker um, that's working for you, you, there's a button you can push on the MLS that says, hey, who's got a bunch of real estate out there and wants to carry the note versus the bank? Yeah. So you can, and then it's a lot easier. Yeah. You know, so you can just assume, not as easy as you could in the 80s, but you can have a private assumed contract or private contract with the owner of that house because he just doesn't uh, want to put it as a rental because they don't take care of it as much. Yeah. But they bought, a lot of these were bought cash. Yeah. So they're owned free and clear. And these people would rather carry 4% or 5% even and for you. Yeah. And that's better for them. Yeah. Than the bank. Yeah. So. Well, and some people aren't, you know, depending on the personality, some people actually like the drip income rather than uh, all at once. Yeah. 
I have a, a good friend that says a steady drip in the bucket's better than, you know, splash sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. Well, um, um, I definitely want to, I mean, we'll have, is there a way for people, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you um, or if they are interested in diving more into real estate or anything like that? Just stop at the wine, by the way. We're only open right now Wednesday through Saturday, 3 o'clock to 8 o'clock. But we will be, we do real estate during the day. If you see a car there from 9 o'clock to 3, that's me or Angela doing real estate. Okay. You know, and um, welcome anytime. Um, yeah. You can text me, call me, say, hey, I'd like to have a private one-on-one. Kind of sounds weird, but anyways. You know. <laughs> The candy shop, the one-on-ones, this is yeah. a good, wine, this is a great shop. But uh, um, all, all that, uh, I'd love to help educate kids on, you know, all you guys are kids now. It's kind of strange to me. Yeah. I'm growing up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, no. there's, a, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I definitely think all, everything when, when it comes to real estate, it's, you you know, it's also things can go so badly because if you make these you know a couple wrong steps in there then so all give me, of a sudden give me a bad scenario i'll tell you why it happened yeah yeah <laughs> you know? you'll just be in upside down or too much debt and you know flip the wrong way and, and um so I but you know life's about chances in certain things you've got to you know you believe in yourself 100 mm-hmm. percent yeah um you know, there's, you know, doing all the weird things that I did, buying the commercial building and doing the businesses. And I even opened up a hair salon and, and sold it before I opened. I wasn't a hair salon person. I just was going to rent the stalls out, you know. And there's just so many other ways you can make money on it. And I remember your dad talking about being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I think I was born selling blackberries for $5 a can. And back then you could, we, we would go door to door and we would... Uh, make um steel because you know even to this day the social security cards they come in they're kind of they're paperish yep. well back in the gosh long long time ago probably <laughs> 50 years ago um <laughs> me and my brother would go around and we had this little machine and we would make aluminum social security numbers for all the old people or anybody in this on the street in lake stevens we lived when we were little yeah and uh i think about that now and i think we actually went door to door and asked people for their social security card and then made them because we said, oh, that one's going to get ripped. You're going to lose it. And we'd give them, make them for, you know, five bucks or whatever back then. Wow. And it, we made lots of, you know, we made Denise a hundred bucks. So. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you have to have that, that, that uh, idea of like, I want to learn about what makes money. Yeah. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, do stuff for the community too and the, yeah, anytime we can, and I'm involved now with Cat in the uh, the new uh, art project mobile. Yeah. yeah, so we did a sponsoring there, and nice, and um, yeah, yeah. So it's all it's all good, and it, this community has been just fantastic. I yeah. mean, I went to the Cinco Terras in Italy to try their wine, and <laughs> thought, hey, Atsalati Bay is as good as the Cinco Terras almost. Yeah. It's just you know a little distance away. Yeah, <laughs> and the wine over there is better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're bringing that wine here. <laughs> yes, very cool. Well, and that's actually one of the things. Um, I've talked to my, my friend who's now a pilot. Um, he's been able to now travel all over the world. He's been to um, Thailand, all over Asia, Europe, um, some South America. Like He's really just gone everywhere because when you're in the airline industry, you can oh, get yeah. those tickets and you can go anywhere. 
Um, he said, like, in his travel and then also talking with pilots who have done the same thing, they all say the Pacific Northwest is really unlike anywhere else. And it's got, like, when, especially you go up Highway 20, go to the Cascades, and you do the hikes, you do the, you know, you see the water, just the different things we have here. He's like, it's, I mean, it's cool to see other cultures and stuff like that. But as far as the landscape, oh, we're really blessed to be it in this is. area. It's just incredible. It is. I know. That's, I mean, when your dad came into the little store, but it was like, you know, gosh, I got to live here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then so many people just thought you had to still take the bridge, you know? Yep. But I think everybody knows that now. Yes. <laughs> that, that's out. Yes. But yeah. uh, I think when people live, I don't. I don't think I've sold very many people wanting to, that I've sold homes to on Camino. Very few have I sold them off Camino. I mean, like, I want to get out of of here. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, Camino is very precious. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So then as far as Wine by the Bay, I know we talked about you guys have a lot of different wine varieties you guys have kind of handpicked. You've got a little bit of a candy shop there. Um, what do you guys kind of see as the future of Wine by the Bay as you continue to develop it? A place that people can ask questions and come and talk about anything they want to know about Stanwood and Camino, you know, without having to, to sign up for anything, let's just say, yeah. you know. <laughs> and um, we hope to have, like, the outside, you know, open for them to people that have dogs to bring their dogs. And um, if we go to further food, which we have, we have a full kitchen, but we have a few other things we have to do, yep. then we can have our kids back. You know, okay. so nice. <laughs> and I would love to have kids come back into the, into the candy shop. Yes. So that yeah. will probably advance towards that, and then having meetings for people, um, like if someone just wanted to book the, the place for like a Monday, Tuesday, they're going to have their book club there, and um, or a, a speak, you know, then bring people in for meetings like that when yeah. we're not open. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah, we hope All to right. have a, someday have a deck that overlooks. Like the orchard nursing, you can actually see the water. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? I'm going to have to say the bacon wrap dates at the Blue Heron. Nice. <laughs> I saw those on the, on the uh, menu. I was like, those sound really good. Oh, my. Yeah. They're the best. Awesome. <laughs> Who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life? Oh, it has to be Dr. Wayne Dyer. Okay. Do you know who he is? No. My recommendation to everybody, if they have kids or if they don't have kids, is to read. I don't even read books. I I listen to them, but I I have no patience to read. (laughs) Me neither. I'm not good at it. (laughs) Dr. Wayne Dyer pretty much changed my life in my early 20s okay and uh his uh books are all about you know if you have an intent then that's what help you know follow that intent yeah and um they're motivational i would have to say but um very blessed yeah so i mean highly recommend all and every book that he ever wrote and he's passed a couple years ago back too okay so wayne dyer 100 percent. all right very cool um, this is a fill-in-the-blank question. I know this is weird, but I've always wanted to blank. Well, I've done most of it, so <laughs> I thought about that one. I wasn't sure. Um, Nothing left on your list? Can't sing like... anymore. So, and I had a song published in Nashville once, but oh, cool. um, I'd probably want to 
still do songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Who's an interesting and fascinating person that I should interview next? Oh, gosh. There's a bunch of them. You just got to find them. They're hiding out there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Wilson with Pulmoner. Uh, land consultant. Okay. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Dave Moritz. I don't, you know, Dave Moritz, he's the one that at one time did the brass sculptures at the Y, but then they got stolen. Okay. Um, really interesting guy. Uh, been on the island ever since I've been here, which has been over 40 years at least. Okay. And he's in the Tzolotti area. Okay. Very cool. And there's good old Ray Mueller too. <laughs> yeah. He knows all about this area. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self? To pick up Dr. Wayne Dyer's books way before <laughs> 20. I was only 25 when I started. I picked him up, but definitely. You know, one of his, his things used to be, and I told my kids this, and I put it in their cards, advance confidently towards your dreams mm-hmm. and endeavor to live the life that you have imagined, and you yeah. will reach success in common hours. Nice. That was just one of his... You know, he he really is what everybody should listen to. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Mitzi Cameron for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And be sure to share this episode and your favorite episodes of The Greatest Little Podcast focused on Camino and the Northwest. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And see you next time.